Welcome to the InnovaBuzz podcast, where our job is to help you build visibility, professional credibility, and connection with your ideal client by putting the human at the center of innovative marketing so you can build and strengthen an engaging, enduring relationship with your ideal clients. I'm Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz, and I'm honored that you're here with me. If you haven't joined our wonderful marketing transformation community yet, go to innovabiz.co and collect your free gift as well. Do subscribe to the show and also leave a review because it helps others find us. Let's get into today's masterclass on this InnovaBuzz podcast. What we need to do with our marketing is make it much more right brain oriented than left brain oriented. The last 10 years have been all about left brain. It has been about, you know, digitalization. It has been about numbers and and, uh, uh, analytics and conversion rates and everything was like left brain oriented, number based. What we need to bring in now is much more of creativity, love, feelings, connection, belonging, meaning, all of these things, they're right-brained. And you can't really just learn that in a, you know, Facebook ads course, you need to bring in your own creativity. And so it's really kind of this opening up to, well, how could I make it more beautiful? How could I make it more fun? How could I make it more emotional? So that's where I think the connection really happens. Welcome back. I hope you've had an awesome week so far. If you haven't listened yet to my recent conversations with author of The World's Best Buyer Persona System, Stormy Andrews, and with entrepreneurial consultant and author Lynn Howard, then go listen in. But after you've listened to today's conversation only. I'm really excited today to have on the InnovaBuzz podcast as my guest, Sarah Santa Croce. She's the founder of the Humane Business Revolution. She's an internationally recognized LinkedIn consultant, an entrepreneur, podcaster, a hippie turned business coach, and author of The Gentle Marketing Revolution. And she's also got another book coming up called Selling Like We're Human. Sarah has over a decade of experience in the field of marketing, entrepreneurship, coaching, online business creation, and strategy. She's been facilitating training and holding space with in-person and online groups since 2010 and is trained in the art of holding space as well as the art of participatory leadership. Her approach is grounded in these pragmatic experiences based on research and best practice. Bundled with her extensive inner work, knowledge about mindfulness, meditation and alternative ways of healing, this creates a unique perspective on business that is holistic, humane and gentle. In recent years, Sarah's upbringing and life's experiences inspired a yearning to create a global movement that encourages people to bring more empathy and kindness to the business world, live a more meaningful life and take care of our Mother Earth and each other. Sarah lives in beautiful Switzerland where she was born and raised but considers herself an alternative thinking citizen of this world. When she's not working, she loves adventure, traveling, yoga and nature walks or hanging out with her three boys. That's two teenage sons and a husband. In our conversation, Sarah talked to me about starting your marketing journey with self-awareness and personal power. We talked about building long-term sustainable relationships. And we talked about the concept of maximum sustainable generosity, which we attribute to Jonathan Fields. Without further ado, then let's fly into the hive and get the buzz from Sarah Santa Croce. Hi, I'm your host, Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz, and I'm really excited today to welcome to the InnovaBuzz podcast all the way from Lausanne, 
on the beautiful Geneva Sea in Switzerland, Sarah Santa Croce, who's a humane marketing consultant and author of Marketing Like We're Human. And I kind of, when I discovered all of those things, looking into your background, I felt like there's a sister from another mother. <laughs> so welcome to the Innova Buzz podcast, Sarah. It's a great privilege to have you as my guest. Yeah, it's so good to be with you. Thanks, Jurgen. Thanks for having me. So as, as my regular listeners know, our motto is to make marketing human again. And I, I wasn't sure why we hadn't connected before, but then I looked through your LinkedIn profile and I see we, we've been connected since way back in 2018, I think. So um, we have been connected, just never really begun a conversation. So I'm glad we're doing that today. And I'm really interested in your journey to humane marketing and and as you say, marketing for the generation that cares and um, digging into your insights on all of that. Before we do that, what's the impact you're making in the world today, Sarah? Hmm, yeah, I, I think what I want to do um, is, is really bring that human connection back to marketing. And it really started with this mission to bring more empathy and kindness into business. I kind of had to come full circle to realize that being in business was not a bad thing. Um, we may go later into my hippie upbringing, but I, uh, you know, being an entrepreneur, uh, being in business was probably not the thing that my parents, um, thought I would, uh, become, right? They, they were very socially, uh, active and, and so, uh, kind of, being the entrepreneur was always like the other side, you know, those who make mm -hmm. money. And so uh, it took me quite some inner work to realize, well, making money is not a bad thing. And I think it's just about how you make money. And uh, now, luckily, we talk much more about, you know, having a purposeful business and not just a profit-based business. But that's kind of all interlinked with, bringing more empathy and kindness to business. So that is not just let me make the most money I can, but yes, let me make a living. Let me even make a good living, but let me also help my clients, help my, help our planet. And then if there's extra money, let me give back to the planet. So that's kind of the, the impact I'm hoping to make with mm. uh, the work I do. Yeah, I love it. I, I remember back in the early 2000s, I think it was, when I was in the corporate world and there was a lot of talk in some of the big corporations about this triple bottom line. Mm -hmm. I think it was the triple bottom line. It was, um, you know, profit for our shareholders, benefit for the customers and benefit for the greater good or the right. um, the environment that we're working in or the, the communities that we're working in. But I never really saw that play out genuinely in those big corporations. And I think we're still not seeing that, uh, particularly in some of the big tech giants today. There's there's this idea of, well, I, I guess you could call it manipulation. There's sort of a manipulation aspect that goes through their trend you know yes they're providing some fabulous services yes some of it is not all that expensive and is helping other people earn a living as well but somehow it's all manipulative is that how you see that and is that what kind of drives you to change some of those narratives there's definitely still a lot of work to be done i i, I agree with that i also see the other side though the the kind of um, new generation of B Corps where there really is that drive to, you know, help the planet by creating products or services that really are changing uh, our world. And yes, also still making money. But um, I, I know what you mean. It's kind of this greenwashing trend where we know very well in marketing, anything can be abused to sell more and in that B Corp or, or kind of like the business for good um, sphere, it, it's like, well, how can I 
say that I care for the planet and make it a thing, make it a marketing thing in order to sell more, right? Because we have realized that that's what sells. Um, mm. I, I speak about, for example, vulnerability or authenticity in the same way. It's like, yeah, every everybody realized that being authentic is what sells. And so all these marketers started to use it as a selling thing. <laughs> It's authenticity, like, well, it's like authenticity, authenticity that isn't authentic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so we have to be very careful with these things like vulnerability, authenticity, um, you know, doing good for the planet. Because if we're just using it as another gimmick, then that's definitely not being authentic. Hmm. Right? Yeah. 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 Exactly. So, how do we? How do we bring more empathy into the business world, some kindness, without going down that track of saying, well, it's a process and we've got to follow those steps and therefore it kind of borders on becoming manipulative? <laughs> yeah, it's interesting you bring that up because sometimes people ask me, so basically what you're selling is a, is a program on how to be authentic. <laughs> I'm like, well, no, that that would be very... Uh, very counterproductive and very silly. So there is no pro a program on how to be authentic and you know how to be empathic. Um, there's only basically giving you the keys to go there and find out yourself. Um, so so when you ask the question, you know how do we do it? It's I think it starts actually, and we need to actually go back and say well, how do we not do it? Or what's wrong with uh, the current marketing paradigm? Because that's how it started for me. It, mm. And as human beings, we don't change unless things are so broken that we can't do it anymore. And that's the people I want to talk to. Those are the people who are ready. It's no longer, uh, I think, my job to convince people who are not ready they have to come to that conclusion themselves and luckily uh nowadays there's such a there's such a conscious a kind of an up level of consciousness that more and more people realize that something is just not working anymore and we're all just frankly we're exhausted of 10 to 15 years of BS and hype marketing. And I mean, for entrepreneurs who are, you know, kind of had to learn how to do it because we thought that's the only way that we, you know, we can be in business. It's like all these big marketer gurus, they told us that's how it works. And so we had to mm -hmm. learn it. So we're exhausted, but also our clients are exhausted of being bombarded by all this um, hype marketing. So, uh, you know, people tell me all the time, and it's just so overwhelming. Like, uh, you know, every day I get bombarded by these messages. I should be doing this. I should be following this script. Uh, I'm not good enough because I don't have a six figure business yet. So we're just exhausted. And, and I think those are the people that I want to talk to and say, look, if you are there at that point, then it's time to change because there's just no way forward. Uh, with that, um, yeah, with that exhaustion. So, so I think, yeah, that's what's wrong with the, the hype marketing. In fact, um, very early, like when I first started thinking about, well, what's wrong with marketing? Why do we need a different way? Uh, what came up over and over and over again is the term anxiety. People felt mm -hmm. so much anxiety about being marketed to, but also about being the marketer. Uh, it's both ways because doing certain things that are not aligned with who we are makes us feel anxious. But then also on the receiving end, receiving these things that make us feel less than not good enough, that also increases our anxiety because we're constantly in this hustle mode, struggling. Oh, now I have to do this program because I'm just not good enough. My business is never good enough. So uh, anxiety was kind of the first term I used for it, um, really. And, and that spoke a lot to people. They're like, yeah, I'm overwhelmed and I'm anxious about, you know, having to market my business. Yeah, yeah. 
I like you using anxiety and I mean, there's still lots of those emails coming into my inbox, even though I've got lots of filters on and I religiously unsubscribe every time I see something like that. I guess one of the good things, if you like, about receiving those, and, and maybe this is one step that people can learn how to be more empathetic or um, authentic, is you see something like that and you say, oh, God, that is awful. I, I feel really bad as a receiver of that content, that email or whatever marketing it is. And so turning that around and saying, well, I'm not sending anything like that out because people like me are going to feel the way I've just felt in receiving that. So that that might be one way to start that. Now, I know you have a one-page marketing plan that you've kind of structured in a seven-step mandala, and I love that you start that off with personal power, which I'm guessing is a lot of self-awareness work. So talk to us a little bit about that seven-step um, yeah. humane marketing page and or mandala and, and also particularly starting off with that personal power where I think understanding ourselves kind of then leads to, well, is that does that feel good for me? Does that is that in alignment in integrity with my values and what I'm trying to do and at the same time um, does that help the people I want to help and exactly. does it give them something that they might want to pay me for because they value it yeah you're so right it's, it's this awareness that we that's where we need to start right waking up from our trance of just doing things <laughs> and and just like you know like repeating what everybody else throws out there. And and we're not pointing fingers. I'm not pointing fingers because, again, I've been in that trance and I've done all the mistakes and, you know, whatever the big marketing gurus told us to do. So, so it, it's not about pointing fingers. It's about waking up and saying, and, okay, yeah. I'm aware. Yeah. And in some ways, you know, if you say, okay, there's a big marketing guru that's out there that's in your face that, um, is a six or seven or eight figure entrepreneur that's been really successful and this, this is how they do things. That's probably them. They're probably being authentic. You might not like it. Um, that might not be you. So copying them makes you inauthentic, but they're being authentic. So right. that's their style. So, exactly. and, and there may be things we can learn from them, but we don't have to copy them exactly. Uh -huh. Yeah, you're so you're so right about that. So so talking about the the seven P's of humane marketing, it's it's based on the the seven P's of marketing that I didn't invent, uh, that have been around for many many years, and maybe your listeners have come across them before. Um, what I did is I I saw they they come in different circles, so there's seven uh, circles, and what I saw when I looked at that and thought, well, how is humane marketing different from tra traditional marketing? The first thing uh, that I, I saw was these circles, they kind of moved together. They were not separate things anymore. They moved together in the shape of a mandala. Uh, and a mandala to me, it was not like something that I was used to doing, like using every day. But I remembered my mom, she was uh, sometimes coloring or painting mandalas. And so uh, I was like, well, I, what, what is a mandala? What is that? I did some research and it's actually a creative process. So it's really something that is supposed to bring you deeper into something and, and Jung uh, often used it in his work with, uh, with patients to, find their inner self because in the center of the mandala that's our inner center so it's really connecting us with who we truly are so i was like wow that's interesting okay so these different components of humane marketing what they do is they bring us to our center and then from there we connect on a very different level with our clients and you're right what i also did is that the traditional peas, they felt very kind of outdated. They felt like, mm -hmm. oh, this is marketing from like the ad ages, you know, yeah. like <laughs> when we still had ads and, and well, still have ads, but, but like in that, in those times. 
And there was a lot of um, location-based things uh, related piece in there, like physical evidence and, and, and you know, location, location, where nowadays we, we are so global that that mm. didn't really matter so much anymore. The other thing I was really missing in these um, in these seven Ps, it was all about doing. It was all about the things that we need to do as marketers. And what I came to understand in my own personal journey of transformation is that the doing, that's actually the easy part. You can go online and find programs about Facebook ads and webinars and all of that. That's the easy part. The hard part about being a marketer and especially a humane marketer is the being and the people who actually figured it out and have successful and sustainable businesses. Because you can have a successful business for one year and then next year you don't have a business because mm. basically you haven't built on long-term relationships. But those who have a sustainable business they have understood that it's also about the being that as a entrepreneur and as a marketer, you need to do the work on yourself first uh, before you ever talk about your ideal client. And when you look at any kind of marketing program out there, probably with the exception of yours, Jürgen, <laughs> is that <laughs> it's it always talks about the ideal client first. It's mm. like, Talk about your avatar. You know, who's your avatar? What's the demographics? And that's the mistake I made because that's just how I learned marketing. It's like you need to know your client and then you build your business around that client. Well, that's why I found myself on the therapist chair 10, <laughs> 10 years later because oh. I was working with clients that I didn't really you know, want to work with. Um, mm. And so I think that's the important piece is you start with yourself, you go into uh, your passion. So the first piece is actually passion and purpose. Why are you doing this work? Uh, why is it important to you? And then personal power. Well, who are you really? Uh, mm. What's your story? What's your values? What's your worldview? And how do you now bring that into your marketing? There's another thing that I uh, probably Get, get a little pushback from uh, quite a bit of these traditional marketers. It's when people tell, uh, tell me that marketing is supposed to be customer centric. And I agree with that to some extent. Yes, we want to serve our customers. But these same people also say that your story doesn't matter. It's all about the client. Mm. Well, I don't agree with that. I think people actually do care about our story much more than we think because marketing equals connection, equals communication, equals stories. Yeah. So if we tell more of our stories, that's when we resonate with the ideal clients. That's when we really, um, yeah, connect on this different level. So I, I do think going into your story, digging that out and bringing more of you to your marketing, that's what matters today. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. And I think, you know, we talked about authenticity before. I think that's where authenticity comes from, sharing something that happened to me and what I learned from that, you know, and it may be related to business or it may be just simply, hey, I um, had an interesting experience today. I thought it was a good story to share. That's that's me and some people will find that and say oh, i don't like that person and that's perfectly okay because that's part of the filter when we do get to talking about ideal client or dream client but it was interesting you said um i i didn't quite end up on the therapist chair but i certainly started out with the ideal client exercise and and we were working through uh, a process backing off that and i kept thinking to myself i don't know this just doesn't seem to sit right or it doesn't seem to work that well i mean i've done some ideal client exercises and it led to lots of breakthroughs with people but what we were doing was unconsciously um i was working with the people that i knew their stories and so i was making assumptions about their stories and they were making assumptions about their own stories and and one day i learned about this lighthouse exercise that was the metaphor the lighthouse understanding 
um, you know, building a lighthouse as a metaphor for understanding yourself and shining that light, which is the sustainable message, the sustainable um, signal that you're sending out into the world that will attract those people that you can help and that are your dream clients. And I, when I kind of learned about that, I thought that's the missing piece and that needs to go at the beginning and, and all of a sudden everything fell into place. Yeah, so true. I want to add something about the, the stories um, because there's another school of thought about the, this hero arc, you know, that's a lot of the, the marketing um, is also teaching that typical hero arc story. Mm. And even there, I, I feel like it becomes, again, kind of this gimmick where we're using these stories again, to sell more probably, or to, you know, share more vulnerably or things like that. So it's a fine line. And I would say, don't search for the hero story. Don't go and, you know, see what you can dig up uh, in your mm -hmm. childhood or whatever you have surpassed. And now you're a, you know, a homemade millionaire. That's <laughs> not the stories that people want anymore. Maybe that worked, you know, five, 10 years ago, but people want more belonging. They want to be on the same level as you. They don't want mm. to feel like you're so disconnected. You figured it all out. Exactly and poor right. you, you had this, you know, poor, like bad experience back in the days. But now, no, now you're like the expert. People can't relate to that. It, it, it's something that worked 10 years ago, but it doesn't work anymore. We're, we're done with that. So I'd encourage you to, to think about stories today, you know, like even as you struggle, those are the stories that people are interested yeah, in. Yeah. And I think that does a disservice to people, even for those that, you know, m maybe were born poor or with disadvantage or whatever it is. And, now, you know, some 30 years later or whatever it might be, now they're um, 10 or 8-figure entrepreneurs, highly successful, got a lot of money. That didn't happen overnight. I mean, there, there, was a, there was a journey to get to that point and there are a whole lot of stories in that. And some of the most telling stories are the ones that uh, we might relate to as ordinary people and they're the ones well I fell on my nose here because I tried this and it didn't work and then all of a sudden I was even worse off than I was before but I took something away from that I stood up and and started again and and here's how I approached it after that they're the kind of stories that I think are really interesting and and you're right you know people leave those aside I think part of that is ego mm -hmm. so okay I've you know, I've come through all that and now I'm up here on this pedestal. So I'm just going to say, you know, 20 years ago I was there. Now I'm on the pedestal. You two can do this. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, okay, maybe. Yeah, yeah. feels very lonely if you're on, you know, on the other side. Yeah, so yeah. yeah that's like right. You never get there. And so we're back to the marketing that makes us feel less than because we're like, yeah, that's very nice for you, but I'm not there. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and sometimes I, I I look at those things and I always ask myself, um, are they going to give me a program or a methodology or some insights that I can actually use myself and and hence and achieve some level of, of success like they have? Or is their success is a large part of their success just selling stuff to people like me? who buy the dream but never then achieve that dream. <laughs> That's actually in my book, Marketing Like We're Human. Because, <laughs> yeah, those YouTube videos you see where it's all about how they now have 10 cars in the garage and a giant mansion <laughs> and all of that. And, yeah, my brain just goes, what are they actually selling? And mm. you're right. Oftentimes they're selling a dream. You know, they're selling this dream. Mm. So, yeah, it's very interesting. Yeah. All right. Well, um, one of the other areas, I mean, we talked about self-awareness and people and then, uh, well, the people part, I think, is is where it's the ideal customer and that. So tell us your take on 
um, that next step of understanding who is it that we can help and who is it that we can connect with that can um, that we can serve and and that will then lead to a sustainable business yeah so in the in the book i talk about three phases of the labyrinth because the labyrinth is often used in uh in healing journeys as as part of this journey and so if you think of a labyrinth when you walk in to the labyrinth into the center you kind of go these different ways and you find yourself and then in the middle of the center. So the walking in is the rumbling. So you rumble with your story. That's the personal power. You find out who you are. In the middle, you're in the center of the labyrinth. That's when you rise. So now you know who you are. You're, uh, you know, you're grounded. You're above the noise. You know what you stand for. And then you walk back towards the exit of the labyrinth with everything that you've learned about who you are, who your clients are. And, um, and then that's when you resonate. That's when you start, like you said before, the lighthouse. That's when people just resonate with who you are and what you do, of course, as well. Uh, and that's where this connection is on a very uh, deeper level. And so it's really marketing is about that third part. It's about the resonating. And that happens when you you share your stories. You you share um, about much more about you know feelings and not just facts. Um, in humane marketing, I feel like a big part is um, is a focus on the right brain and not so much on the left mm. brain like it is in traditional marketing. When I did the uh, kind of this research about um, the new way of marketing I wanted to bring forth, I reread the book um, A Whole New Mind from Daniel H. Pink. And the subtitle of this book is Why Right Brainers Will Rule the Future. And I find this so such important work. And he wrote this in 2005. But I think we're just slowly now going towards that new world or new mind that he was describing because what we need to do with our marketing is make it much more right brain oriented than left brain oriented the last 10 years have been all about left brain it has been about you know digitalization it has been about numbers and and uh, uh, analytics and conversion rates and Everything was like left brain oriented, number based. What we need to bring in now is much more of creativity, love, feelings, connection, belonging, meaning, all of these things that are right brained. And they're, you can't really just learn that in a, you know, Facebook ads course. You need to bring in your own creativity. And so it's really kind of this opening up to well, how could I make it more beautiful? How could I make it more fun? How could I make it, um, yeah, more emotional? So that's where I think the connection really happens. And then, of course, yes, you're still selling your things. Um, I often say, you know, yes, there is some woo-woo in humane marketing because it, it's, it's nice to open yourself up to a kind of being more open to deeper meaning and all of that. But we're not throwing away all of the pragmatic side of what works in marketing. Uh, so we're not just sitting there and, you know, meditating and hoping to have our clients come to, to us. Yeah. We're still putting ourselves out there and we're still, um, like a good example of, um, is, is the new title of my book, Marketing Like We're Human. Uh, I could have called it humane marketing. Right. Because that's truly what I feel like. That's what this is about. Humane marketing. But it's such a new term or it's an old term, but we're using it um, kind of in a new way um, that people are not searching for that. And so the programmatic side is like, well, let's find something that works. Uh, so we went into the keywords and used definitely our left brains to say, hmm. yes, what works? Uh, we need to look at Amazon keywords. That's the stuff that works. But then 
let's make it beautiful. You know, let's create a book cover that really looks different from all the kind of um, flashy red, red titles. Let's make it a beautiful thing. So that's where you combine the left and the right brain. And that's really, I think, what the, the conscious client wants more of. Um, I hope that yeah. kind of answered your yeah, question. I think that's a really good point that, um, you know, we've got to combine these things. And because I'm, I'm a huge fan of technology and all the technical tools yeah, and I can yeah. geek out with the best, best of the technophile, uh, technophiles. Yeah. In the sense of, oh, there's a shiny new tool. Let's explore that one. But at the same time, I'm always conscious that this is just a tool. This is just something that will help me um, be creative, do some things that serve my client. And, and at the end of the day, I still need to build a, a personal connection with the people I'm working with, whether that's clients, whether that's my team, whether that's um, even suppliers. Like I reach out to suppliers all the time and, and initiate those conversations. And it's amazing what that does. I send personalized videos when I'm having issues with a, a product and rather than just send them a ticket and type in, hey, this doesn't work, can you yeah. fix it for me? I'll do a screen share and say, hey, this is what I did. Am I doing something wrong or... Uh, is this a bug in the system and I'd really love for you to come back. And that's led to me getting lifetime access, you know, for nothing to product okay. because people have been so appreciative of, of me taking just that two minutes or whatever to add that little personal connection to it. And, and you can do, and you can use the technology to that. So the online video recording, screen sharing and sending that halfway around the world. That's sort of just magic. Totally, yeah, and and I'm all for technology. We couldn't be doing this, um, you know, if it wasn't for technology. And I'm I'm a big um, kind of productivity um, <laughs> aficionado, and I love everything that increases productivity. And a lot of it is technology based. So so yes for technology, and yes for humanizing technology. Mm. Right? Uh, I think uh, what we learned over the last ten years is is, you know, sending out these email newsletters and, and all of this automation, which is great. But I think we kind of skipped the step of making it feel more human. So, um, for example, what I started doing, if I ever, you know, promote uh, another um, entrepreneur who has an event or something, I really explain you know, what this is all about, that yes, this is an affiliate link. Yes, there will be an upsell. That's just how this other entrepreneur makes money. So that's, to me, it's all in the details. It's in the words, how you explain and, and try not to trick people into believing, you know, this is free. Well, no, there is going to be yeah. you know, an yeah. offer at the end, things like that. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that comes back to the idea of authenticity, doesn't it? And I, I often... I mean, one of the things that I find really annoying about that model of the webinar, I mean, I like the webinar and followed by, okay, if you want the next steps, here's the next steps and you can work with me and here's how you can work with me kind of set up. And uh, even if it's not spelled out initially, I'm quite accepting that when there's a free webinar uh, teaching me something, that that will be at the end of the webinar. What really annoys me, though, is if people tell you, it'll be a one hour webinar and it ends up being two hours. And, you know, there's like the first half hour or so is why you should be interested in this particular topic. And I said, well, I signed up. So <laughs> you don't have to sell me on why because I signed up. I was motivated enough to make the time and come here. So skip that first half hour or, or at least, you know, do it in five minutes. Yeah. Then they spend Or even maybe worse, if I could just jump in, like, why I am the person doing this webinar oh, yeah, yeah, and all my yeah. accolades and all the things I've done in the yeah, past. Yeah. <laughs> all about me, yeah. And yeah, and then they go five minutes about um, this is what I have, this is the value I can bring. Mm -hmm. And I start to get excited and I say, okay, let me have it, let me give it to me. And then they say, and if you want more, and then they do 
another hour of here's how you work with me, here's the next yeah. step. And so it's an hour of selling. They they really annoy me. <laughs> I think mm. um, be be open as to so one of the things I'm taking away from that annoyance is I I should spell out when I'm doing one of these webinars and I have done it in the past where I spell out here's here's what we're going to cover and here's the approximate timing and I try to stick to that timing. Yeah. Yeah. And and I I just kind of uh, uh did something like that but it's more like a workshop because I really have people participate and we do uh mm. work in breakout rooms. Just did one of those yesterday. And I, I did the kind of three slides, you know, next steps. If you're interested, buy my book and, and, and what I've got coming up, uh, in the next months. And I realized it still felt like, Oh, now I have to go into my pitching, marketing pitching. Yeah. And so I decided, uh, on Friday, I'll just do that first. I'll just say, look, let me just give this to you. This is what, uh, I want out of this. Here's if you're, um, you know, resonating with what you're learning today, five minutes, you know, and then it feels like now I can concentrate only on you and it's going to be valuable and, and that's out of the way because otherwise you also kind of feel as, as the entrepreneur, it's like, Oh, can I get my, you know, five minute pitch in there or are people going to leave? It's like, well, no, um, I just learned this term uh, yesterday or two days ago from uh, Jonathan Fields. He calls it maximum sustainable generosity. And I love, absolutely love that term because it's, yes, I want to be, uh, you know, I want to give a maximum of generosity, uh, but I also want it to be sustainable to myself. Mm. And so I, I just fell in love with this term and I really think I'm going to, you know, remind myself, uh, of it going forward. Cause what I noticed also with, with people like you and I and other humane marketers is that we are very much focused on giving and sometimes we forget the receiving mm. part. Yeah. And so right. we need to be aware of that, that yes, there, we are in business and yes, it's okay to also, uh, you know, offer your services and, and say what you have. Um, in terms of offering, so so maybe that term maximum sustainable generosity will resonate with some other people. <laughs> mm, yeah, I love it. I'll have to look that one up. Um, I guess you touched on something there that I've got on my little list of things to to chat to you about, um, and that's you know because I think both you and I are introverts, and so mm -hmm. you know this this idea of humane marketing probably sits really well with us. Um, and I, I suspect it might sit really well with most introverts. Um, not that it wouldn't sit well with extroverts, but why, why do introverts then struggle with this idea when it comes to making an offer and doing a little bit of self-promotion? Because at the time you make the offer, um, there is some, okay, why should you, why should you pay me to help you with this thing, whatever that is? Even though I think you know, that that concept of the maximum sustainable generosity, um, if you've given to that level, then people will know. Okay, well, if I want to pay somebody to find out more about this, you know, you're the person because you've already convinced me. You you know all about this. Yeah, I I think it's 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 because we as introverts we just don't enjoy talking about ourselves so much. We don't like the spotlight. Uh, we like to shine the spotlight on other people uh, very often. And so when it comes to selling ourselves, it just gets very uncomfortable uh, for many introverts. And it, it's not that we don't know that we have something to offer. It's just like talking about it is, mm. is uncomfortable. And so that's why we often are very good, um, you know, speaking about a certain topic. That's not the problem. But then when you have to go into that pitch mode, that's when it gets uncomfortable. And so that's, um, the, the, I think what makes it easier with humane marketing is, is it's not so much talking about you and your product or services. It's much more bringing in those stories and t just talking about what's valuable to mm. you and what your worldview is so that the, the actual 
product or service is is kind of like they will find out about it themselves or they already know uh where other people um you know you 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 see other marketers they constantly tell you to talk about your service or product well it feels to me like conscious customers are smart enough to look up the product them, themselves mm, or yeah. you know, do their research themselves. So it feels and almost it, like, yeah. why you keep telling me about it? I already <laughs> know what you yeah. sell. And there's, there's plenty of, um, plenty of uh, resources there where you can do the research. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I like to uh, remind myself, well, first of all, I kind of remind, if I get in this position of, uh, I don't want to, do any promotional stuff or anything here i sometimes remind myself that hey i'm if i deny this person the opportunity to work with me then i'm doing them a disservice so i kind of couch it in the terms if you'd like the opportunity here's how it'll work um, right. then the other thing i look at too is less it's less about me it's less about the product it's about the transformation and you used the word transformation earlier so i really love that i, I talk about transformational marketing which is taking the person from where they are right now which there's something there that they're unhappy about or they're unsatisfied with to the state where that that dissatisfaction or that unhappiness is gone because they've dealt with whatever that issue was and i say well you know my my thing, whether it's me or whether it's my product or service, is the vehicle to take you from here to here. And there's other vehicles to take you from here to here as well. So it's all about helping you get that transformation. And if you like me, if you like what I've got to offer, then let's do that. Let's go on that transformational journey together. If you don't like what I've got to offer, I can point you in some other directions where there's different vehicles that might achieve the same thing. I love that. Yeah, I love that you brought up options. I think that is such a nice way to present it, right? To say, first of all, I have different options. One of them might be more convenient to you than the other right now. Mm. And yeah, there's other options out there as well. And, and, you know, point people into different directions and say, you know, if this is not what you're looking for, then there's this other person who does similar things. Mm. Great. Well, I could go on talking humane marketing and transformation and uh, the whole concept of um, how us introverts can lead this revolution all day, but I'm sort of aware of the time now, and I think it's a good point at this stage to move on to the buzz, which is our innovation round, and I'm sure there'll be a lot more tips here following on from the many that you've already given us the buzz is my lightning round that i ask the same five questions of each of my guests and the idea is that you'll inspire the listener to go and do something awesome as a result today mm -hmm. so what's the number one thing you think anyone needs to do to be more innovative <laughs> we kind of talked about it already but I, I really think it has to do with nurturing that right brain of yours mm. So bring more of the right brain thinking into your daily work because that's where ideas come from. That's where innovation happens. It's very rarely in the analytical brain. It's in the creative brain. And then once you have that new idea, then you can go back to doing and, you know, implement that plan. Hmm. Uh, so, so yeah, start with the creativity. And unfortunately, there's, you know, our, our school systems are not really nurturing that. Uh, probably on the contrary, they're kind of killing that creativity. Mm -hmm. So really uh, paying attention to maybe think of what you liked to do uh, when you were a child before you got conditioned by everybody else. And, and I just picked up knitting again a few years ago because I remember <laughs> I used to like that when I was yeah. a child. And and it's just like so relaxing and meditative and yeah, it's just, you know, being creative and you just sit there, you can't do anything else because you have to concentrate on what you're doing. And yet your mind kind of, you know, goes different places. And I'm sure one of these days I'll have a really great idea on what to do next. 
So, yeah. Oh, well, exactly. you've just taken you've just taken me back to my childhood and reminded me of something that I haven't done for many, many years and I've almost forgotten about. I'm not even sure what it's called anymore, but um, my mother introduced me when I was a young child to this. There was um, you have a kind of a, a hollow cylinder with four pegs in it. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, and you basically <laughs> it was a German thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Crochet this rope. Yeah. Yeah, I used to make sort of twenty meters of rope and just yeah. it. and and yeah, you're right. Your mind would be kind of concentrating on that, but at the same time, you'd be imagining all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I need to look that up. I don't know what it's called. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I'll post I was it in the before. show. Notes. I'm sure. I'm sure <laughs> I'll find something on YouTube. I might uh, start it up again. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah, yeah. The um, I I like to. Um, use the word resourceful i think we we need a lot more resourcefulness and if you think about it little kids and animals have this in spades i mean i i observe our pets um and even some of the wild birds that visit our trees and that and i think wow <laughs> how resourceful are they because they just you know come up with the weirdest ways of doing things that when they set their mind to doing something and we have that as children and somehow the education system kind of trains that out of us because is one right way to do something yeah yeah you're so right yeah mm. come up with your own answers right <laughs> yeah. yeah all right yeah. so what's the best thing you've done to develop new ideas it's interesting because i uh the, for, for example if we think about the the seven p's of humane marketing i took an existing framework mm. and then put my own own spin on it so that's also another thing you could do and first I, I kind of felt like oh but maybe that's cheating a little bit because it's something that already mm. existed but i had to really give myself permission and say no it's it's not cheating you're just kind of reinventing something so that could be also a very good um idea for people who are like well i'm just i don't have any new ideas well take an existing idea and yeah come up with your own mm. framework around that existing idea so I, I i have a client who used us with uh, maslow's pyramid uh you know there's all these concepts kind of that uh, are just out there and so use that obviously always give credit uh but use that and and, and come up with your own uh framework around it yeah, I love that concept, and I, I've done that a lot. And, and even my marketing blueprint that we have, which is a twelve-step kind of wheel, starting off with that lighthouse that I mentioned earlier. You know, we've, we've adapted that now to the whole podcasting because, you know, my view is podcasting, like marketing, is a relationship game. And so, to um, land podcast guest spots, we've kind of adapted that, and it's it's the same framework principle, but just done in a different way and then of course we've gotten real creative on all the graphics and that that um, helps people remember them yeah mm. exactly you don't have to reinvent the wheel every time it's like if you think about you know for example tim ferris comes to mind like yeah. all of this all of his books they're pretty much you know very yeah. similar and yes, after a while i have to admit it kind of goes, gets like oh okay i see what you did here but mm. But he does it in a smart way, and so he does, yeah. And it you know? it also it it highlights that you know there's so much value in presenting the same information in different ways because different people will read different things and take information in in different ways and presenting it in a different context in different environment. So I, I often forget that I sort of think oh, I've shared that I wrote a blog post about that two years ago, and yet. You know, not many people yeah. have probably read read, exactly. read that blog post, and yet if they see it, they oh, that's really yeah. interesting. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. And I just did that with the with the second book. I, I it, that is just in editing right now about selling like we're human. Same mm. framework. You yeah. know, I did the hard work up front, and now I can just use same kind of chapter structure. And 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 yeah, it's a completely different book, obviously, because mm. the content is different. But the, the, the framing, the, the 
scaffolding is the hard part of a book. Yeah. And you've done that once, you just apply it again. Do it right? again, yeah. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. All right. Do you have a favorite resource you use most often? Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of different ones, and, and we spoke about technology before. Um, so, so for me, what I use often is uh, Trello, for example. Uh, mm -hmm. That's something that I uh, go back to. I use it with my clients. I use it to schedule the the, the podcast. I use it. Yes, I use it in very different ways. Um, did you mean like technology resource or or it what could other? Could be anything. Could be anything. Yeah. Some people share technology. Other people share other things. Yeah. Another thing I I, I use a lot in my business is Zapier. So mm -hmm. that's the the tool to kind of connect all your different yeah. apps and tools and just make yourself so much more productive and efficient. And I I love that side of the the solo business because yeah, if it's just you uh, or you know with some a virtual assistant, well, you have to make the most of your time, and Zapier helps you mm. with that. Yeah, it's a great tool, isn't it? I I love Zapier, and and I've recently cleaned up my act a little bit in Zapier because I kind of go in there and you know, oh, this would be cool to connect this with that and then it does something and then later on I forget that I've set up this automation and if something goes wrong with it, it breaks somewhere and you know, there, there's a trigger that happens and and something untoward happens and I go, oh, how did that happen? Oh, I've got to <laughs> go back. So we've documented all the all the automations we've got now so that we know, oh, that's awesome. you know yeah. if X yeah, happens, we can go back and track it to Y, which was the trigger, and we can figure out the process and why it's um, broken. <laughs> that's amazing, yeah. And and also what I notice is that you set up these little apps, like they're called, these automations, and then maybe you add another one later. And, and when I went back into mine, I was like, wait a minute, they can all go into one because they're mm. all – parts of one big one and so yeah just yeah like, we're a bit nerdy like that it's like oh <laughs> these things are just you <laughs> could spend hours watching youtube yeah. videos and see how they all work all right now what's the best way to keep a client on track trello again so i i, I use trello uh for, for that as well and uh and yeah just regular check-ins i think the the humanity uh also matters there to you know kind of check in and uh like you i use video um to kind of just say hi where are you and what's you know what are you working on so hmm. and, and then i post everything in, in trello try not to use email during yeah, yeah. communications yeah. yeah i don't sort of moving away from email as much as i can and that, that's great to have have it in a place where you can refer back to it rather than have to look through email and say, yeah. when was that email at Sarah? Yeah. <laughs> Spend too much on email as it is. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. And what's the number one thing anyone can do to differentiate themselves? I think it's, it really comes back to finding out who you are first. Mm. Uh, yeah. Going, going deep into how you're different and then bring more of that difference into into your marketing into your business i'm sure you heard that a lot on the podcast yeah. but that's pretty much the answer that yeah I have. it's um yeah it comes back to this self-awareness piece doesn't it and and also i think there's a big mindset shift that some people need to actually make when they you know you mentioned earlier that a lot of the hype marketing makes you feel inferior, you know, makes you feel like a failure. And then if you do this work and say, well, this is me, but I'm too afraid to share that because I don't feel as though I'm good enough. And yet, you know, we need to have a, a mindset shift around that. So, well, you know, my story matters to somebody. And so if I share it in, a, in an authentic and genuine way, then some people are going to say, oh, wow, really made a difference to me yeah yeah exactly mm. i mean just that fact that you know about that you know 
knitting thing. That's <laughs> like, well, yeah, we're like you said at the beginning, you know, children of a different mother, but still somehow siblings. So yeah, it's those small details that, that matter. Hmm. All right. Well, thanks, Sarah. This has been absolutely fabulous. Now, where can people find out more about you and the work you're doing and also get a hold? I know you've got a one-page marketing plan based on that 7Ps Mandela and also find your book, um, Humane Marketing or, uh, yeah, Marketing Like You're Human. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, maybe even reach out and say thanks for what you've shared today. Yeah, that'd be lovely. I'm in terms of social media, I'm hanging out mostly on LinkedIn. So do connect with me there and, and yeah, send me a personalized invite and saying that you heard us here uh, together with Jurgen on the podcast. Other than that, my uh, humane marketing website is at humane.marketing. And I also have a personal website, sarasinacroce.com. The one page marketing plan with the seven P's of humane marketing that comes with seven email prompts that really make you reflect on how these P's are different for your business. You can find that uh, download at humane.marketing forward slash one page, number one and page. And the book is at humane.marketing forward slash book one. Uh, you can also find it on Amazon. And yes, there's a second book coming uh, about humane selling. So watch out for that as well. That's going to be about, uh, you know, the three basically parts of this journey towards being a humane seller and a lot about the sales conversations, but in a very um, human way without being pushy and fear-based. Mm. Right. We're looking forward to that one. So when, when's, when's that uh, due to launch? It's in November. Okay, well, that's soon. All right. Well, do you have any parting advice today for our listeners, Sarah? I would, I would say again, come back to that awareness. Maybe start there. Uh, see how it feels like when you are on the receiving end of, you know, aggressive marketing, hype marketing. Uh, see how that makes you feel. Uh, start unsubscribing from some of the things that just don't feel good anymore. Don't think that everybody who uses uh, hype marketing does it on purpose. So uh, don't send any nasty emails back to them mm. because very often they're just people following someone else's recipe of success. So, um, but, you know, just kind of protect your own energy and say, yeah, I'd rather not be in that person's circle anymore. And then start kind of also thinking about your own marketing. How are, how can you change certain words that maybe don't resonate with you anymore? Because it's really about the details and that one word makes a whole lot of difference. Mm, yeah. Language is so important, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, Sarah. And who else should I have on this show and why? Yeah, I would love for you to connect with my friend Steve Morris. He has written a book called The Beautiful Business. And uh, I think it's coming out also November or some, sometime before Thanksgiving. So I think he has a beautiful approach also to doing business differently. And just okay. the title, The Beautiful Business, sounds <laughs> yeah. intriguing, right? Fascinating, yes, yeah. it does. All right, well, we'll get an introduction to Steve from you and uh, reach out to him, see if we can find out more about his book. Wonderful. Thank you so right. much. It has been an absolute delight. Thanks for having me, Jürgen. Likewise, Sarah, I've really enjoyed this and I've loved all the stories and the, the approach you have. There's so much that mirrors what we do, but there's so much also that's unique and different, but at the same time, very sincere and genuine of course all the best for the future and let's keep in touch definitely thanks here again well i hope you enjoyed that informative and highly engaging conversation with sarah and took something away from what she shared with us i love this episode so much largely because our approaches to marketing have so much in common one takeaway that I will remember is the idea to build off frameworks that you've already developed or adapted to your own needs. 
I'd love to know what you took away from Sarah's episode. Leave a comment below the blog post, which you can find at innovabiz.co forward slash Sarah Santa Croce. That is S-A-R-A-H-S-A-N-T-A-C-R-O-C-E. Although a case, all one word, innovabiz.co forward slash Sarah Santa Croce. You'll also find contact information there for getting in touch with Sarah, as well as links to her website, to the Humane Marketing book and podcast, to her social media pages, and the other resources we spoke about in our conversation today. Now, if you like this episode, please do share it with other people that it might help, and tag me in on those shares so that I can reach out to you with a special thank you. Sarah suggested that we have a conversation with Steve Morris, author of The Beautiful Business, on a future InnovaBuzz podcast episode. So Steve, keep an eye on your inbox for an invitation from us to the InnovaBuzz podcast courtesy of Sarah Santa Croce. Tune in again to the next episodes of the InnovaBuzz podcast. We've got yet more fantastic guests lined up, including the founder of Podmatch, Alex Sanfilippo, and the author of The Human Factor, David Chantal. Thanks for listening to this episode. Make sure you subscribe to the show to be reminded of new episodes. It's free to subscribe. Leave a review if you like. Even if you don't like me, I'm okay with that. I'm asking you to leave a review because it helps other people find this show. Go to innovabiz.co to join our marketing transformation community and access a free gift my team and I made for you. It's the Marketing Master Mini Class. We want to give you everything you need to transform your marketing into a human-centered, relationship-focused growth engine. Until next time, I'm Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz. Remember, be awesome and keep innovating.